Welcome to Oduro's Corner, part of the Bonnie's Soccer Insider on the Bonnie's Online Network. I'm Isaac Houston, joined by my co-hosts... Jeffrey Canova. Kieran Keneally, and we're also joined by Bonnie's men's soccer head coach, Kwame Oduro. Coach, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. So we'll start off, just want to get our listeners out here just to get to know you a little bit better. Would you just, just like to explain your soccer journey and how it's taken you so, to here so far? Um, it's a, it's a it's a weird one. I, I was a, a basketball slash soccer player in, in high school. Um, didn't grow um, any any taller since the ninth grade. So <laughs> I, I stayed in, in in the soccer world and um, went to school at Niagara University. Played um, after graduation. Uh, I started as a grad assistant at Niagara College uh, for a couple of years. Won a conference title there, and I said, oh, you know what, this is this this is fun. It's not even a job, so I'll keep doing this. And then got a chance as a full-time assistant coach at Canisius College. I was there about for four years. Um, and then Bonaventure opened up. And uh, throughout my journey, I've been at places where it was a rebuild um, of programs. Uh, from When I played in Niagara, it was the same thing. It was kind of rebuild. And uh, so I was a good candidate. Um, I got I got my first head coaching job before I was 30 years old, So, um, which is Tough to say uh, mm-hmm. at the Division One level. Uh, so that's kind of been my journey, and I've been here um, going to my 10th year nice. um, at St. Bonaventure. Mm. So when you were playing, like, uh, just a little bit of insight, your little playing career, what was your position, or did you have multiple positions? No, I was a, I was a, I was a striker. Um, I was a goal scorer. Um, honestly, people that saw me play would tell you the same thing. This guy did nothing. <laughs> it is nothing. All of a sudden, you look at a score sheet, and then there's Kwame Oduro with a goal. And uh, that's honestly, that's all I did. <laughs> you would not see me for the majority of the game. Um, um, but then I would be on the score sheet. And hmm. I think as I, my, probably my senior year in college, you would see me do a little more uh, on the field. Um, but that was that guy. And uh, I was fun to play with because I would always – tell my teammates to give me um, ideas of how we want to celebrate our goal. Um, <laughs> so that was me. That, that, nice. was, that was that guy. Did you have, like, a favorite celebration? Ooh, no, because I never did the same thing once. Oh, Ooh. okay. You always mixed it up. I All always right. mixed it up. Oh, that's I cool. Took, uh, I took um, suggestions mm-hmm. uh, from, from my teammates and, uh, and um, yeah, and then did that. I think the, the best one probably would be uh, alumni weekend. Uh, we're playing, I think, Canisius College. I score a goal, the place is packed, and uh, I literally jump into the crowd. Oh, uh, oh. Catch me, you know. Uh, I would say probably the one that stands out okay. uh, the most. Nice. Coach, I'm curious to know, um, you said that you played striker. Mm-hmm. Who was, like, your main insp- – why, why did you want to play striker? Was there, like, a player that really, like, inspired you to get into that um, into that position? Whew, good question. Um Again, I, I'm not even joking about the fact that I did nothing on the field. Um, <laughs> w- when I was in ninth grade, my, my, my high school coach, his name is Hugh Quach, who was a big part of why I do what I do right now, uh, kind of was the one that convinced me to stay in soccer. And he said the same thing to me. He's like, I don't think many people can do what you do, Kwame. It just comes natural to you, you know. Um, like, okay, then I guess I'll keep doing this, right? Uh, but to kind of answer your question, who who was my kind of my idol? Um, his name is Van Nistroy. Um, um, you know, most of my goals that I, I scored was done inside the box. Um, 
I think I only scored one goal outside of the box. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Van for at one point in his career, he had 150 goals. 148 of them was inside the box. You know, so um, that was the guy I'd watch and and see. And I know some some of it was by luck. I just happened to be in the right spot at the right time. Um, I would score easy goals and highlight real goals. And so if you if you uh, talk to any of my, my teammates, I was the guy that did the bicycle kicks. That, that was me. Oh, okay. okay. So you had the acrobatic flair to I, that. I could, yeah. <laughs> Keep it here, I'll jump and get it, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so I guess the follow-up to the striker question. As a coach, you want to help all your players, obviously. But since you're a striker, do you feel that you have the ability to connect with your team strikers a little bit more in terms of give them little tips of positioning or where to go on offense? That's a very good question. Uh, and honestly, I think it's harder. You think so, really? I think so. Okay. I think it's harder uh, because I felt like I did it for so long and it was natural to me. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, one, I think I judged them a little harder, mm, right? Mm. And, 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 and two, I'm like, well, you should be able to do this. What, what do you mean? <laughs> like, this is, this, this yeah. is easy. Right. Um, and, and then the other point is I'm – during the time I'm watching the other parts of the field, right mm. from where I, where I stood, so right. I always felt like I can I can teach defenders better mm. because oh. I'm like, hey, when I play, I did this, and I know you're gonna do that, you know. So right. uh, I feel like it's easier to teach the other parts of the field. Oh, okay. Um, I can always give you insights as a, as a forward and different movements, um, but that's what I feel. I feel like mm. I can always teach the other positions a little better. It's the same with the goalkeeper. You know, when they, they said the best coaches are goalkeepers because they see the whole field. Right. right. And me, I was the opposite side. I see everything <laughs> yeah. behind me. Um, so I, I can give them insight. I can give them – but I always feel like, uh, I don't know, it's easy for me to teach other other positions. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. I always wonder if, like, you look at, like, Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard. I wonder if they could, like, connect with the midfielders better. Or at least that's how I assumed it as a fan. But that's uh, interesting to think about. Well, I guess it's a good question, right? <laughs> quarterback quarterback yeah. coach should be better because he was a quarterback, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the way I, – I don't know. That's the way I see it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I have a question for you. One more final question with like this whole background stuff. Yeah. Did you have a favorite team growing up? No, I didn't. I didn't. I I just love watching soccer. I just mm. love watching soccer. Um, I'm a fanatic. So like even growing up, I'd call my little brother at halftime of a Champions League game and be like, "All right, Sammy, um, what would you do if 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 the score's one nothing and like what's going to happen? You 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 adjust and let's see what happens in the second half." Our adjustment, what we thought about, is it going to be the same way, um, you know, Liverpool adjusted, right? Right. Um, I just loved watching great soccer. Um, um, I've been, yeah, I don't think I have, I don't really have a, a favorite football team. Like, my wife is a Man City fan. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's nine. She's a West Ham fan. Nice. <laughs> they blow okay. bubbles when they score goals, right? <laughs> um, and so that's the household I'm in. But I, I just I, I love watching. Just love watching soccer, honestly. You mentioned uh, Champions League finals in there. Was there one that sticks out in your mind? Just the, like, that you watch, like, this is it. Like, this is when I think of a great, beautiful football. Like, what match is that? Yeah. Um, Liverpool's comeback. And, um, oh, man, I was in college then. Uh, man, I'm blanking here. Oh, was it against uh, AC Milan? AC Milan in yeah. Istanbul. Yes, Istanbul. Steven Gerrard's goal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Come back. Um, what? What a what a game! What a comeback! It was a Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever afternoon, and I'm, I'm sitting at home, turning on the TV, and then boom! I'm like, oh, 
and and just to see them come back from that from that game was was incredible. That that's the one that kind of stands out to me. And then the other one was I think Manchester United come back from Barcelona or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kieran, the, Kieran's our Manchester United. Yeah. Fan, oh, okay. so he, he, he Fortu- like... Sadly, I am these days. You know. You saw any Madrid finals? Ah, uh, yes, I did. No, okay. <laughs> which one? Which one? Of course. Um. Uh, you know the the ones that uh was it two years ago three years ago um, the Liverpool Liverpool yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah you know Benzema's a big time you know Modric my assistant coach loves Modric he's a Croatian guy Croatian fan so nice um, I am too so oh, yeah that's so, nice to know so gotta he, talk to him yeah, yes yes more. yes you can go all, all day with that yeah. um but you know that's just a, a talented team you know um fun fact um there's a kid on our team now um. Kenzo Brito, who played with um, um, what's the what's the kid on on? I'm so bad with names right now. Uh, Don't worry, it happens to all. Real Madrid, the young kid from Brazil. Uh, oh, Endrick. Um, no. Vinicius. Not Vinicius, the other one. Rodrigo. 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 Oh, wow. He actually Rodrigo. played with them. He played with them at Santos. Ah, Santos. Uh, wow. <laughs> still, best, still best friends. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, because I remember I used to, you know, we used to ask interviews, and every time I. Um, covered the games, uh-huh. I always came out amazed by Roots. I said, wow, what a player. Yeah. And I'm blessed that I got to see him play every time I got to, you know, Getting to cover them and stuff, and I always ask you. Remember, their, I think our first interview. I was yeah, like, yeah. "What are your thoughts on Brito? Like yeah. an amazing player." So absolutely. that's absolutely. amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. So thank yeah. you for bringing yeah. sh- sharing that with us. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A Bonnie's player that's played with the Real Madrid winger. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Brazil. Yeah, yeah. think about. We're still best friends. So he has pictures and everything when he goes really? home. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wow. cool. It's I pretty can't cool. wait to tell that to my dad. Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell that to my dad. <laughs> you had talked a little bit about international football, especially like Madrid and Croatia. The as everyone knows by now, 2026 is a World Cup coming to the United States. As a coach, can you just speak to how big? I think I think that soccer is going to transform in the U.S. because of that World Cup. Just how do you think that's going to take fold, even in maybe somewhere here like out in Oleander or just in New York or really anywhere? Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I think, what, the last time was 1994, and that's when you know soccer in America started growing, right? And now, obviously, it's grown tremendously. But to have it come back in this day and age where – Everybody gets to see it. Everybody gets to watch it. I think two years from when it happens, you know, starting now, you're just going to see more and more money put into into um, U.S. soccer. I mean, they're opening a new um, U.S. soccer center in um, in Atlanta, um, new field, brand new facility. Um, again, it's an example of what you're going to try to do, right? It's just, um, and then it's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle down to small towns, uh, small cities. Um, kids going to be. I mean, the 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 year. And the hype before the World Cup is going to be all over the country. So any kid want to pick up a soccer ball and play, right? So um, I think it's huge for, for, for our nation. Um, and I think it's going to get more kids to play, you know. Um, so I, I can't wait. I'm so excited for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess a fun little follow-up. Do you think the U.S. will have a good World Cup in 2026? <sighs> I mean, we should, right? Yeah, yeah. We hypothetically. Should, we should, right? Um, uh, you want to hear my, my little theory about about you? Go ahead. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm here for that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, obviously, it's a massive country, right? Mm. So, so I think it's very difficult to kind of get everybody on the same page of tactically how we want to play, you know. Um, but, but however, we produce the most athletic type of players in in in, in, in probably the world, right? Um, but we try to still play like the rest of the world, right? Technically, pass the ball. I, I just think you get your best athlete. Think about LeBron James playing soccer. 
Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think you get your best athletes and you press, 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 and everything's direct and everything's long and, and, yes. and, 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 and just force teams out to deal with corners and set pieces. I don't know. I think that's that's different from everywhere, everybody in the country, you know. And obviously our work rate, our grit, it's always going to make us um, be good in defending, the, you know, the final third. And now it just cause teams more problems, in my opinion. I think that's how you, you win and go further because we should do better. We should mm-hmm. do better. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I think having it on our, on our soil, it, it just gives you that little edge, you know. I think we're making the, the knockout stages and, and, and possibly passing the first round, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, look look for us in the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals? Uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. That's my prediction. But, uh, again, it all depends on which group you get, in, True. You get into. As, as long as well. we don't get the group of death, yeah, I think exactly. we'll be exactly. hopefully okay. And I hope they don't give us a group of death because <laughs> we're Olsen, right? I know, right? Give us a little bit of an easier <laughs> yes, run in the first round. Yeah. Thank you. Let's get out of our group okay, and then and anything can happen from that, right? Mm. But but because it's on our soil, I think that gives us just that little edge and, and that just that little boost, right, um, to, to move on to the next round. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about how you'd become a, uh, been an assistant coach previously, but you were also to be able to become a head coach under the age of 30. Yeah. Now you've, you said going on 10 years here now, just how have you grown and how has this overall journey been here at Bonaventure from the start of your time to, to all the way up until now? Oh man, every, every year you, you learn something different, right? As a coach, um, um, one different generation of, of kids you were dealing with, you know? Um, I mean, I'm probably part of that generation where your coach said, Hey, I need you to go run through that wall. Okay, off I went. Right, you know. I think now it's a little more um, expl- explaining what you want from your your, your players. Right. Um, I think my first few years here is just say this is what I want, I want done. No one asked question. You just kind of went on and did it. Right. Um, now you have to give your your team or your players a sense of ownership. You know, and and you know the simplest way to put it is. I'm the CEO of, of this of this program. Everybody that's part of this um, team, including the players, are shareholders. They hold a piece. Some of you guys are going to be um, have a bigger shareholder because we expect more from you. Um, but in the end, we're all we all wanting for the same thing right? for the program to, to to be great. And if it is, we all benefit from it, just like any company, right? Um, you know, we got bitcoins now. Yeah, you know. I'll buy ten percent of it, but if it goes white, we all I'm making money, right? And they got people that have more money; they can buy a whole uh, Bitcoin and they can make money off it. So that's the way we look at it. We're all in the same goal. We all have a share in, in, in um, into the program, and we're all hoping that the same thing. Uh, we get the same benefit when we do well. So, um, me as a coach, um, I would have to say I mellow down um, um, as a coach. Um, I think. Our boys don't know that, you know, <laughs> when they meet our, uh, guys that played, you know, you know, five, six years ago, they're like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that Kwame guy has calmed down a little bit, you know. Um, but we've also recruited, I think, better players as well that have been playing soccer for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easier to also teach them what you want from them, right? Um, I think I've also become more organized, you know, more detail-oriented. And, and that's as you continue to progress as a coach at the next level. It's all about the little details because everybody knows the game now. Everybody understands how to play soccer. Mm. It's the little details that changes whether you win or lose nowadays. And what are those little details that you're, you're kind of mentioning right there with um, with with coaching and yeah. stuff like that? I mean, it, it could be um, like the technical detail, right? So, um, you know, probably as, as a young coach, when somebody 
misses the net, you know, in front of the goal. I'm like, come on, you can't hit the net next time. Well, it doesn't teach you anything, right? Uh, now with the details, like, hey, you know what? Maybe slow down as you get to that near post. And then now eyes on the ball, um, make contact um, in step and just guide the ball in the, in the corner, right? It's a little more detailed information. So as, as a player, you're like, okay, got it, you know? Um, where I'm like, nah, before, hey, just hit the target, will ya? <laughs> you know? Um, and, and as detailed as even um, setting your team up for a game, right? Hey, um, when the ball goes wide, we need the center back um, two yards from the first post. Second set of back, five yards from the first guy, you know. So that's just a little more details, and, and I think that changes the game because every coach now knows the game. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has played the game; they've gotten edu- coaching education. So it's those little details that kind of set you apart from from some teams. As a, as a younger coach, like you said, do you find it easier to be able to like, connect to this newer generation of players compared to like what an older coach might, you know, feel? No, I think so. I think I, 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 I am able to connect with them. Um, I, I always tell them, guys, there's nothing you've done in college that I haven't done. <laughs> so let's just get that out of there. Right. All right? So don't try to trick me because it's not happening, okay? Um, but, yeah, to your point, I think, yeah, I think um, being a, a younger coach, I was able to connect with um, um, a lot of our players, and, and it's still an ongoing process for me to be able to um, connect with them because, um, you know, relationship matter as coach you know once you have a connection with with the, your players i think you can make them hit their full potential you know um and that's my goal uh, it's not just make them good players but make them hit their their ceiling before they leave here hmm. switching it up a little just talking about this overall last season for bonaventure just want to give like a recap of that season and just like overall what you guys learned and what you take away go into this next set of uh games um it was it was interesting because we had a a, a, a lot of new guys coming in, mm-hmm. um, and so we were just like, okay, how are we gonna adjust? How are we all gonna get to know each other quickly? And I thought our our leaders and our captains did a very good job of just kind of like um, simulating the new guys in, doing a lot of things off the field, um, and you know we had some very tough preseason games. You know, you know we were playing Syracuse, the national champion, mm-hmm. and we learned a lot about ourselves, right? Um, went to Houston in a, in a very very tough environment and uh, again learn a lot but we didn't we didn't lose we, you know we came out there undefeated and I think we just kept them getting better and better and better and better you know take the injuries out of the picture some big injuries out of the picture I think we're probably in, in, you know in the playoffs um, but the, the lessons that we learned was um, we got to defend better on set pieces mm-hmm. um, and and um, as, as coaches we forget how many chances we create in the game until a player comes in and goes, hey, coach, I have a highlight film. Can you take a look at it? And I'm like, wait, we missed that chance too? We missed that one as well? And so as, as you recap back, I think there were so many opportunities that we could have scored. We scored a lot of goals, but we could have scored a ton more goals um, mm-hmm. um, last year. Um, and then I thought we could have, we could have done, defended better on our, on our set pieces. Um, and I think those are the two areas that you know we want to improve on coming to this um, this this upcoming fall. Yeah, I had a question following about like you know finishing more chances. Like when I watch a team and they miss a lot of chances, I wonder how can a coach teach strikers to be more clinical? Because at the end of the day, it's down to the players really. But as a coach, is there a way you can help your players be more clinical in front of goal? Um, I mean, it's all repetition, right? You, mm. you, you. Th- there's, there's one thing for like attacking players is confidence, right? right. When you feel confident, you know, no, that mad, I'm gonna put a ball in the back of the net, and then repetition. So, 
um, in training, like just making sure that we're putting the players in the position they would be in the game, so then they, they, it just becomes natural, okay? And the other one is you just got to be a goal scorer. Yeah. Goals are hard to find, you right. know? Um, and again, like there were chances that I missed, they're like, okay, keep it made good safe. Or in the position you were, it made sense what you did, it just didn't go in, and that's okay. But the other ones where it's a tap-in, don't care where you are, you got to put that ball in the back of the net, yeah. right? Um, and so there's just different, different things. But, I mean, every coach says the same thing. It's like, I can get you to the box, and yeah, you have to put the ball in the back of the net. You know? yeah. And some people can do it naturally. Some people um, learn over time. And there are, there are other ones where you just have to do it because mm -hmm. of the level you're playing at, right? right? And then the last part is it's just pressure changes everything, mm. right? They can do it in training. But in the most precious moments in the game, do you still have the composure to just place the ball in the back of the net? Right. right. And again, we go back to me being a striker. In my mind, that's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it's not so so easy when when other uh, people are doing it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how you said it's difficult to find those pure goal scorers. What is it like? Maybe a trait that you see in a kid where you, that as soon as you see it, you're like, I know, like that kid's a goal scorer. What? What is there something that makes them stick out? That's very good. That's a good question. Um, there's two things. One is the mental, uh, mental toughness. Okay, mental capacity. So when a kid misses a chance, a player misses a chance, I'm looking for his reaction. Is his head go down, or does he go? Eh, I go on and keep going. You know. Um, hate to use my me as an example but and it's not even a joke like wh wh when i missed the chance i would literally go to the goalkeeper and go hey it's a very good save man but i'll be back because i'm gonna score the next one i just want to <laughs> let you know that you know and i tell my players like these are the things that you're again you're building yourself up because all it's all in here in your mind right you could do it it's all in your mind um and so i'm looking at that what you do when when you miss a chance and then two is the areas of where you're placing the ball even when you miss, right? Guy kick comes in from the left side, comes in, bends the ball in the bottom post, keeper makes a save. That's okay because that's exactly where I want you to bend the ball because on five out of ten times, you probably put the ball in the back of the net. Keeper mm -hmm. doesn't make that save, all right? But it's like the area of where you're shooting the ball, depending on the position you are on the field, gives me an idea that, you know what, this kid can score goals, right? And and then obviously just um, your instincts, right? When the ball goes in certain positions, um, where 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 are my runs? You know, um, Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scores so many goals because he just happens to be in the right spot. No, he is instinctual. He's looking. He goes, you know what? The ball's going there. It's cross probably coming here. Um, um, go to basketball. So a lot of people like basketball. Um, Rodman, the ball bounced off the rim. He always knew where the, the next rebound was going to be, right? So, again, you take that instinct and you go before go, in front of goal. You know, how, how do you react when the ball goes here? Uh, the keeper makes a save and you just happen to be there to tap the ball in. It's not, <laughs> it's not luck. Right. It's, you know, it's instinctual. So th those are the things that I, that I look at when I'm looking at, as a, at a forward. Who do you think on the team shows, like, those, those goal-scoring instincts? Who's, who's the best one at that? And you're like, wow, yeah, he's got um, it. It'll be um, – Andreas um, Javit, um, probably the one that you, you would say that to. Um, we just need him to stay higher so he can be in those positions to, to, to score those kind of goals. But yeah, that would be the person I'll, I'll pick out off the top of my head. And uh, I guess another note, you're talking about defending set pieces as one of the highlights you want to improve on. Yeah. 
As what's your coaching philosophy for set pieces? Because I see some teams they do zonal, where players just mark space, yeah. or other teams do man for man. Like, what what is your philosophy for defending set pieces? I, every 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 year, I think it changes because mm. of the the players that you have. Mm. Um, one year I had a I had an Italian boy, and uh, so we're setting up the, the set pieces. Uh, we set it up, and he goes, Coach, forget this. Uh, just leave me alone. I'll take care of this one. You just you just tell these guys to stay here. <laughs> And sure enough, he was he was so good in the air, like yeah. he just he saved us a lot, right? Right. Now we don't have him anymore. Um, what we do now is a hybrid. You know, we have the best headers of the ball protect the most dangerous part of the field, which is the central area of the field around the six yard box there, mm. and then we have the rest of them men mark. So three or four guys men mark um, their best headers of the ball, um, and then you know you have to do attack the ball. Right. Um, I don't know if there's a there's a there's a right way or a wrong way. I think it all depends on your players that you have, mm. and then you want a goalkeeper that's brave enough to come and collect those crosses, right? So, um, once we learn more about our team, we're able to do those things well and and be effective at it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, how big your captains were for getting these new new players you got through recruiting and tra- in the transfer portal. Do you just want to highlight some of your guys that you felt really and what they did that made that so easy for some of those players to get acclimated to the to the Bonaventure program? I mean, it started from the moment they they came. Some of them came for visits, right? So um, they they really took time, spent time with them. Um, and I mean, Andres will, will tell you it was like. He felt like his visit here, he, he'd, been, he'd known these guys for years, but it was just a weekend, you know. Um, and, and I think that's where it started. And then over the summer, they, they're constantly keeping in touch with these guys. Um, not, even just, not even about soccer, just about how you're doing, how's, how's it going, how's life. Um, and then when they got here, I mean, we train like two or three times a week, uh, a day in preseason, but they're still finding different times um, to go out and just, and just hang out, you know. Um, some nights they were having marshmallow, uh, you know, uh, together, you know, and, and then we as coaches do our best to try to um, put them in situations where soccer is done above. It's just us having having a good time, right? And every every summer we we invite the boys to my house and we play stupid games, you know, and, and just en- enjoy each other's company. And, and again, I think that does translate on the field when you go on the field. So. That is, you know, we have 32 kids. That that's a that's a big deal for us, just to make sure that we all know each other in, in a different way, in a different level. And I think that that will help um, will help us on the field. So continuing the captain talk, yeah. how do you pick captains? Because some coaches they just do it themselves, or others they let the players vote. How do you decide your team's captains? It's a bit of both. Um, I think I've been blessed just having certain kids that it's just natural, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, but it doesn't just just start from the, the the time they become a captain. When we see something in, in, in a certain player, we start grooming them. All right. So if I see, example, I see a freshman now that I'm like, hmm, that kid is something in them, right? We we create a coalition between the groups. So freshman has their kind of their, their rep. Sophomores yeah. have their rep. Juniors have their rep. Seniors have their rep. And so um, that kid who's rep representing the freshman. We, we give them different things to do and see how they do it, right? And so when they become a junior, we're like, hey, we're thinking of captains. It's kind of natural. Everybody's like, yeah, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we made our we make our boys vote. But in the end, honestly, for the past three years, it's been exactly what we thought mm-hmm. were going to be our captains. And then just all we do is just um, we, we make them feel that, hey, you kind of picked that person. And, and, and in the end, it, it made sense, you know. So this year we have Andreas Javits. Um, um, Xavier, Ulrich, and um, 
and Keegan Dawson are our three captains. And it was the same thing. We all voted on them, and, and they were the three top votes. Nice. Uh, getting one of the last, going back to an earlier talked about the new players you brought into the transfer portal. Just overall, how is that process from a coach's standpoint? What were you looking in some of those players that you brought in? And just overall, what do you think they did to the overall program the last year? Um, so the way we, we, we run our transfer portal is, you know, any kid that we try to get and we don't, we, we don't, we don't get as a recruit, we keep, we kind of keep that in, in, in our, in our, in our notes. We keep that, we keep tabs on them and see how they do. So when, when they get into the transfer portal, there's a prior relationship, okay? Um, a good example is Motol. You know, we tried to recruit Motol f- four or five years ago, uh, but he committed to Bucknell, went to Bucknell, and he had two more years to play. I'm like, hey, Mo, it's me again. Let's go. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> like, he came visit here. I'm like, you visited here already. You know who I am. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, off the bat we go. Um, the, the other ones are players that we probably played against in in, um, in preseason or in the spring season and we saw them Rafael Pereira was another one as a good example we played them um, um, in the COVID year um, Ashley was at Ashland University and uh, he came off the bench and for five minutes I'm like oh boy I turned to my assistant because I was like we're getting that kid <laughs> same thing he has a, when he get on the port I'm like hello Rafa it's me. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> you know, let's go. Um, and, and so I, I think that allows us to get those kids is that kind of prior relationship. And then the other ones, we go after kids that are Division Two All-Americans, All-Conference all players. Because although they're Division Two, they're, they're capable of playing Division One. They might not have known about Division One or may not get the recruit uh, that they wanted. So those are the kids we're, we're going after. Um, we just don't go after just kids just randomly. I mean, uh, everybody has Google now. They can Google um, and see where we let, where, where our area code is, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's a little d- difficult, so we don't waste time on that kind of stuff. So we try to use our, our relationships and then also the coaches that we know, right? Um, I mean, every time I play Syracuse, the first question I ask the coaches is, say, Coach, Coach Ian, who are you getting rid of? <laughs> 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 let me get a head start on this, yeah. you know? Uh, so, you know, our relationship with other you know, big programs in the country allows us to be able to get a head start on some of these kids. Mm, nice. Well, that sort of wraps up our first show today. Thank you just once again for coming on here for to Oduro's Corner on the uh, Bonnie's Online Network. Just thank you once again for, for stopping by. No, thank you, guys. I love this. Um, hopefully uh, we keep going with this. Thank yeah, you, thank thank you, you Coach. So thank you for the insight on, on Brito. I'm, a, yeah. I, I, I'm hyped for that. Thank you. <laughs> I, li- I like the Van Nistory part. As a United yeah? fan, I really like that All right. part, too. Yeah. All right. I got his jersey, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ed. Yeah, no problem, yeah. man. So, Isaac, you-